May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, junk happens to everyone. Good things happen to everyone. Sometimes the same junk and the same good things happen to different people, but you've probably noticed they don't all handle it the same way. The way they look at the world, the way they view things that happen in it can be very different. Have you noticed this? So now make it personal. What's your general mindset? How do you, in general, view the world and the things that that happen in it? And maybe even more telling, what would someone who knows you well say is your general mindset? And would it agree with what you would say about yourself? So would you describe yourself as an optimist or a pessimist? Or or maybe you call it being a, a realist. Are you hopeful or cynical? Passionate? Compassionate? What's your worldview? What's your mindset? Our text today talks about our, our mindset and how we view the world and the things that happen to us. And really, it boils all of, all of these options for various mindsets down into to two camps, life or death. So are you living a life mindset or do you prefer to dance with death? And as our text starts, Paul is laying out some facts that should dictate the answer to this. He says, you should be living a life mindset because, well, fact one, you have the Spirit living in you. The Spirit who makes it possible for us to believe. The Spirit who makes it possible for us to say Jesus is Lord. There's that verse in Corinthians where Paul says no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And every other week on Communion Sundays when we say the Nicene Creed, I hear you say we believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. So I can confidently say, because I don't think you're lying to me, I can confidently say, you have the Spirit living in you. So you have every reason to be living this life mindset. Look at what Paul says in verse 11. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Because you have faith, because you have the Spirit, you will rise from the dead. Just like Jesus did. Just like Lazarus did in our gospel today. Just like that that woman's son did in the first reading today. Paul uses a very lock-solid cause and, and effect certainty. Your future is life. Heaven is coming. So this decision should be a no-brainer. Live a life mindset. Live a life lifestyle. Dancing with death makes absolutely no sense, right? <coughs> So let me give you an image, a visual. And I'll warn you, it's a little disturbing. Okay, it's a lot disturbing. It was a a TV show. Somewhere in my ancient past, I saw an episode of a TV show. And honestly, I can't remember what specific TV show it was. I don't remember who was playing any of the parts. So I Googled it this week to try to figure it out. 
And best I can tell, I think it is a certain episode of the X-Files. X-Files was a really big show a couple decades ago, the kind of show that was on in syndication, so you could basically watch an episode of it any time of day or night, and this was before streaming, kids. But this episode, if I'm right that this is the one, they did not air in syndication. The networks decided not to play it any time after that first one, except for a few years later, they played it once on Halloween, because it's that disturbing. So apologies to any X-Files fans if I, if I get some of the details wrong, but this is the, the storyline as I remember it. You've got, you've got the, the detectives investigating a pair of mass-murdering brothers, and, and the show is flashing back and forth between the, the detectives doing their work and the brothers at home going about their business. Problem was, their business was killing people and then preserving their bodies and dressing them up and, and putting them in different scenes around the house. So they would go from having a conversation in the living room with a couple of these corpses to, to, to eating dinner at the dinner table with them, to, to even dancing with these dead bodies. I told you it was disturbing. I can understand why the network said, no, we're not going to put that on the air. Dancing with death, that's just wrong, right? It, it's gross, and it doesn't make any sense either. I mean, we, we understand this. When something dies, you have to get rid of it. No matter how much you love your pet, you know you can't keep them once they're dead. Even nature gets this. Right? The snake sheds its skin and then doesn't go back and try to, try to slither back into it. It leaves it behind. It shed it for a reason to get rid of all the, the parasites that were attached to it. The lobster crawls out of its shell and does not try to squeeze back in. That'd be foolish. It needed to shed that shell so that it could grow. There is absolutely no reason to try to hang on to death. <clears throat> so why do we do it, Paul asks. In verse 12, he's comparing the life and death mindsets and he says that we have an obligation to one of them but it's not the death one and then in verse 13 he says this for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body you will live you see his point if we are living like the things of of this body this flesh this life are most important well we're focusing on something that dies that, that wears out. We're living for death. So what are those things that we're talking about? Well, well, certainly anything that would classify as sin in and of itself, right? The lust, the greed, the, the, the lies, the slander, all of that. But even the things of this life that God gives us as blessings, the things that are in and of themselves are good, if we live focusing on them, without a life mindset, without our focus on the eternity, well, that can be living for death too because those things are things that wear out. Look at the last verse. Even creation itself can't wait for this whole death thing to be done with, to live in, in real life. So even the good things in this life, if they are prioritized wrong, are death. You've probably seen that too, right? 
the wonderful activities that God blesses you to be able to be a part of, well, when they start to take over the schedule so that you're no longer making time for your daily devotion or, or worship or Bible study attendance, well, they've become death. When the blessing of, of money, the gift that God gives us, when that becomes more important than following his will for our lives, or when our offerings for God's work become not so much first fruits and trusting, but what's left and what's convenient. When our love for our child or our significant other gets us to compromise what we know is God's will of what is right or wrong and to start to excuse sin or or even flat out live in it because, well, everyone else in this world is doing it. Well, then those gifts for this life become death. I was reading Martin Luther's commentary on this and, and he used the picture of a builder who is building a house, but he's not really thinking about the plan for how the house is going to end up. He is so focused on, on his, his craftsmanship, on every cut and corner, every, every piece of lumber, every connection. And he never really thinks about how it all goes together. So what he builds might look real nice, but it's going to be absolutely worthless. He says we would call that carpenter an absolute fool because no matter how many, how many saws and chisels and screws and nails he uses, if he's not focusing on, on, on what it's going to be, it's no good. That's the, the death mindset. So, so apply that. If we focus on this world... Uh, on all the things that are right here in front of us and all the things that we are doing, even looking at our relationship with God in that light, right? what, what does it do for me here and now? If that is always our focus and not the life that we have coming, that's a death mindset. So don't do that. Don't dance with death. Remember, that's gross. That's not even worthy of TV Don't be the snake trying to slither back into its old skin. Look at verse 13, where Paul tells us to live for the spirit. He says, put to death the misdeeds of the body. Live a life mindset. And then look at how Paul describes what that looks like. Verse 15, he says, it's not living in fear. It's living in that beautiful relationship with our God that we can call him father, dad. Verse 17, it's remembering who we are. Heirs of God and co-heirs with our brother Christ. We have everything that he earned. We have that coming. Because he suffered and we are connected with him, we get the benefit of the price he paid. We have life. And now, look at verse 18. Paul writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I read this verse this week at the kitchen table with a man who had just found out that he was going to have to bury his son, his 22-year-old son found dead in his bed. Do not misunderstand this verse. 
It does not say that our present sufferings are small. I read this verse again the next day in a devotion with someone who was about to go into heart surgery. That is not a little thing. Later in the week, I read this verse to someone who had just decided to forego any future medical treatment. Given up on the the options. There is nothing in this verse that says that our present sufferings are small. You've probably already done it, but it won't take you too long if you haven't to fill in the blank of what your present sufferings are. But I can assure you that there is nothing insignificant about any of them. There is nothing in this verse that minimizes the pain that living in this world of death brings. Death hurts. Loss stings. The unknown scares us. You know that. Your present sufferings are bigger than anything I or really anyone else can fully understand. We have reason to cry out to our Father in heaven, like the text says. But understand what that means. Yes, your sufferings are big, but that just means that the glory that we have coming is that much bigger, infinitely bigger, not even worth comparing bigger. So the great sufferings seem. Think of how great the glory of what God has in store for you is. So that if you think your sufferings are something to talk about now, once you see that glory, you won't even remember them. You will be so focused on that life that is yours that the former things won't even come to mind. You'll be living a life mindset then. So how much more doesn't it make sense to start thinking about that life now, to be talking about that life now because it is yours. And with that focus, you can handle anything that death throws at you. Really. Go back through the the certainty that Paul lays out here. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins on the cross? Yes? Well, then you have the Spirit of God living in you. Do you have the Spirit of God living in you? Yes? Well, then you are children of God and and heirs of everything good that he gives. Heirs of everything that your brother Christ won. The rule, the authority, the eternity, the life. Are you heirs of eternal life? Yes? Yes? Well, then that means that what you are suffering here now is not what defines you. You have life. You might as well live like it now. There's no point dancing with death. Live the life mindset in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess.